the world of hobby board gaming, there is a great divide between Euro games and Amerithrash games. We might call it perhaps a division between the Sith and the Jedi, though I'm not saying which is which. But in this eternal divide between Amerithrash games and Euro games, which is better for the soul? Which serves better to help raise our souls up to new heights and to bring us to greater spiritual enlightenment? On this episode of Board Game Faith, the bi-weekly podcast exploring the intersection of religion, spirituality, and board games. It is great to have you here. My name is Daniel Hilty. My name is Daniel Hilty also. <laughs> he is the better Daniel Hilty. I'm formerly I, known as Kevin Taylor. Uh, the artist uh, formerly known as Prince. Now known as Kevin Taylor, but formerly as Daniel Hilty. Hello. Hey, did you realize in the intro there, you were saying Amerithrash? Yes. You know, is it Amerithrash or Ameritrash? I've heard, I've heard I both. I always hear Ameritrash. But Amerithrash sounds actually pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know which is more which is more canon. I, I'm Do pretty we... sure it's usually Ameritrash. Okay. But there okay. may be a variant, sort of like that is trashy, maybe, but right, thrash. Right. I didn't I didn't know if it was kinder to say Amerithrash versus Ameritrash. Like um, you know, like Ameritrash sounds like you're putting it down, but Ameritrash, it's saying, well, you know, this is just kind of the point of the game. I can see that. Yeah, I think there is a, a bit of a put down with Ameritrash. It probably started that way, and yeah. now it's a bit of a bit of a wink, wink, nod, nod of you know, right, I like right. something good and trashy and roll some dice. Okay, so okay. it's kind of been now it's it's kind of a little ironic as a title. Well, yeah, we're going to have a throwdown today, aren't we? We're going to have a throwdown. Are you you okay with our intro? Should I re-record the intro? Euro versus Amerithrash? No. No. Okay, okay, we'll keep it as it is. Well, we're having a throwdown today. Um, We are having a throwdown throwdown, between me and Daniel. Chicka-chicka-boom, chicka-chicka-boom-boom. All right. Yeah. So um, the throwdown is between... Uh, Ameritrash slash Amerithrash, let's just say Ameritrash, and, and versus Euro games, largely seen as the two major camps in modern hobby board gaming. And mm-hmm. Kevin, I, I, you and I have talked about this. Do you, you think it's fair to say that uh, maybe you tend to gravitate a little bit more toward the Ameritrash side? I tend to gravitate a little bit more toward the Euro side, though we certainly can appreciate and love both types of games. Is that, is that fair yes. to say? I think okay. that's fair to Perfect. say. It's kind of like, do you remember the old um, um, Donnie and Marie Osmond show where they began every episode by saying, I'm a little bit country and I'm a little bit rock and roll. No, <laughs> I don't remember that. I, I do da- remember that show. I'm yeah. dating myself as such an old man. <laughs> yeah, way, way back in the in 1970s, I think, for our listeners Probably. who may not even been around at that point. There was this variety show with uh, a brother and sister team, Donnie and Marie Osmond. And, uh, and, and we're still around. 
And they're um, still around. Donny yeah. Austin's friends with Weird Al. He was in his video. Oh, nice, nice. And I believe they would begin the song, the, the episode with a song, every episode with a song where Marie declares that she's a little bit country and Donnie's a little bit rock and roll. I think I did know that. I love it. That makes that's, oh, I'll put that's a link. I'm sure that's on. We can link to it on YouTube or something. Okay, yeah, and maybe we'll that maybe it. that's us. Maybe you're maybe you're a little bit yeah. If I like rock it. and roll, and I'm a little bit country. Or I vice was versa. thinking of an older show that was popular on CNN, CNN called Crossfire, and they'd have a conservative Crossfire. and a liberal argue. But you're right. that's probably not fair because we actually like both sides. So it's not so much of a rawr, but a little rawr. bit more of I'm a little more of this than of that. But okay, I like okay. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That sounds that sounds But actually good. there is one that is better. I'm gonna argue for that. The, the, and and uh and and we shall see. We, we shall see. see. Which is which is better for the soul. So for our listeners uh maybe who are a little bit unfamiliar with the differences um, well, anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of turn that all over to you, Kevin. What's so, so how should we get oh, this dear. conversation started? How should we get this conversation started? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's get this, this conversation started. Board game has been around for a long, long time. And we think of, of, of board games and that's including chess and other things and checkers and things that hard to even define what it started. There's elements of board games and ancient cultures that we don't even know how to play and that sort of thing. But uh, I think it's probably fair to say that if we think of Ameritrash as a game that involves player elimination, which is yeah. a fair characteristic, yeah. probably Ameritrash started first because most games involve eliminating the other player. So I'm thinking, look, I'm looking at you checkers and right. chess, right? Right. Um, Monopoly. Yeah. And say risk. Now, checkers and chess are the nice bit with that is that's when the game ends. If you have multiple players like in Monopoly or Risk, you have the problem of someone's eliminated, but the game keeps going if you have more right. than two people. And then you right. end up having to twiddle your thumbs and watch the game continue. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. A mare trash tends to involve luck and it tends to involve player elimination and it so it has really explosive moments often there's dice involved maybe some kind of battling theme one type is dudes on a map which is kind of a dungeon crawl type idea of you've got to survive or you've got to defeat one major boss so lots of video games have that idea of, of going through and then defeating the boss and getting to the next level right and right. um yeah luck interaction, explosive moments, and can be mean because you win by eliminating someone else. How, how would that, you, you, what would you add to that or say about Euro games, which are more yeah, recent, correct? Yeah, right, right. No, and I, I agree. Uh, that, that's a great characterization. And, and maybe one other aspect of Ameritrash that just occurs to me is player elimination also signals the end of the game, right? That that's, that's mm -hmm. the game ends when there's, one person remaining, right? But right. Th whether it's two people or seven people, you eliminate all the other players, and the and the one remaining. When there's one person remaining, that's the end of the game. Kind of the mm -hmm. the kind of the queen or king or sovereign of the hill, right? Who's the one person who's left up there? Sovereign um, of the mound. Sovereign of the mound. The hillock. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, um, whereas Euro, and you're right. I think Euro uh, developed later. I am not an expert on this. I would love to do. 
maybe an episode of this where we talk about a book or or listen to an expert talk about this. I believe the Euros especially developed um, uh, in the wake of World War II. Um, and um, they were once called German-style board games because they were originally um, centered around Germany. Um, um, kind of, you know, rebuilding after World War II. And I think largely kind of like, what do we do with these factories that used to produce war machines? Why don't we produce games with them now? And, 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 and I think part of it is tied a little bit. And again, I'm no expert on this, but this is for a little bit of, of red and kind of my impression. Part of it was um, tied to um, um, a, a desire in the wake of World War II, to not focus energies anymore on how do we how do we eliminate others, uh, how do we win in a competition, but more toward um, in a world of limited resources, um, how can we do our best without without eliminating others? You know how how, how mm-hmm. can how can how can we all get along? essentially kind of this maybe more toward kind of a a more um a, a shift of focus of energies on kind of um peaceful but realistic coexistence kind of or something mm-hmm. something like that and so and, and so euro games um were and and are especially focused on uh given this system of limited resources how can we all use these limited resources to the best of our abilities to um, um, to better to, to better ourselves and and um, and and so the end of the game then is is triggered not by player elimination because everybody comes to the end of the game together, but the winner is declared by who made best use of those limited resources by the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so you know, for example, maybe it's a game where you harvest wood in a forest and then you convert that would um, into uh, Velcro. I'm not sure how Velcro mm-hmm. is made, but I'm just guessing. I'm guessing yeah, I think Velcro it's is derived from splinter-based. Yeah, spl- yeah. Splinter-based technology. I think yeah, that's that's the world I live in, at least. And so, uh, so you convert um, wood into Velcro over the course of the game. And maybe at some point, stage three, you convert the Velcro into strawberry shortcake. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a good which, game. I know exactly the game you're talking about. It is. I think it's. A th- yeah. yeah. Um, and so at the end of the game, uh, maybe the people, the person who has produced the most strawberry shortcake out of Velcro, which then was converted out of wood uh, from wood, is the winner of the game. And so mm-hmm. and, and so um, Euro games typically involve the concept of victory points. Um and maybe they're not always called victory points. Maybe they're called prestige points or honor points or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's not who is eliminated and who survives, but uh, who has the most points, victory points at the end of the game. So that's kind of how Euro games, does that seem like a fair characterization? Yeah, I think that's uh, right. Um, they famously had little wooden meeples on them, and that's where that word came from, is having little right, right. Uh, often wood uh, persons that are kind of strangely they don't have necks so it's a fear of necks it's anti-giraffe is that fair anti-giraffe because they're kind of like this meeples are not famous for their their long necks no no, no we can not. see them on, on our board so it's kind of a strange here. humanoid yeah. yes there, there's a, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so they're little wooden figurines of some sort, but you don't. There's not a lot of conflict, and you're you're typically scoring victory points, and you may have your own little player board or tableau or something. So yeah, right. there's there right. may not be any luck at all, except for there's always some luck, I guess, which might be what card is drawn or or, or whatnot. But but you don't. Right. It's much more high strategy, low luck, which a turns popular. a bit more like chess. Even though yeah. chess is elimination, there's no luck in it. It's all strategy. True, true. So, I mean, a, a very popular example of a Euro game, Euro style game today would be Wingspan. Many people know mm-hmm. Wingspan, a great game by designer Elizabeth uh, Hargraves. Um, and uh, if you've played that, you know, it's, it's, you know it's, you're not trying to eliminate the other player. You're trying to, to, to build the best aviary, maybe is that the right word, but basically best collection of birds. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Velcro. And you can, for the, the birds right, bring so you the can wood convert. and the wood brings the Velcro. That's exactly right. And then yeah, you turn yeah. the Velcro into the sweet, sweet strawberry shortcake. Um, I'm pretty sure that, yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, this is um, often so, and there's a timer involved too. Or as Monopoly ends, as we said, when the elimination happens, but a Euro game will have like after so many rounds, the game will end. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, Other so examples. Part of it is efficiency. You're you're playing for efficiency. Efficiency. Everyone is a has good the same word. number of turns. Who can get the most victory points in those turns? Right. Right. By acting efficiently. So we're talking wingspan. Another popular example you brought up, uh, Kevin, before show is Feast for Odin. A lot of people have Feast for Odin, Uwe Rosenberg mm-hmm. game. Um, Carcassonne is probably another example. Um, yep. Um, um, uh, Catan is probably another example. There, there yeah, some... I was thinking of Catan. And Catan is interesting because it is, it is a Euro game. And it's thought of that, but it does use dice. And there's kind of a high bit of luck, which is which numbers. Yeah are producing what because the numbers trigger certain resource production right right and Catan does involve a little bit of negative player interaction where you do something to hurt the other player which um you do see from time to time in euro but is not it, how do you do not, that uh the thief the robber something like that you you use the thief right, the robber yeah, right. to take away resources robber. from another person yeah which is That's kind right. of a problematic Gosh. theme in, in and of mm-hmm. itself but um um and then um, one That's of my Daniel personal favorites. has a lot favorites. of insurance. Daniel sells insurance to it within the Catan game. I, 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 I do. That's right. Um, like a good neighbor, Daniel the, is there. I, I call it protection money, but yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, hey. Gov, it'd be a shame if something happened to this farm over here, Gov. That's hey, Gov. right. That's right. Um, <laughs> give me a little protection money. Um, and one of my personal favorite Euros is Tapestry by Jamie Stegmeier. Um, which I've um, never played. It's a great, it's a great Euro civ simulation, mm-hmm. uh, Euro civilization, civilization themed game. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I, I, hopefully that, that, that gives, um, some sense to our listeners of the difference between, um, Euro and, and Amera trash, Amera thrash. Does that seem to cover the bases in terms of distinguishing the two, Kevin? What do you think? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's great. Um, Euro tends to be less mean because you don't, you you can't except for Robber and Catan or some other games like that. Uh, you you don't you don't really take things from the other person. You can block them and you can sort of thwart their plans, and that is part of the fun of Euro. Is you're trying to figure out what the other person is doing and trying to to 
deny them certain high points. Why? And that's what makes them hard because you really have to maximize your own game while trying to stop the others, but you right. can't directly steal from them typically. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, and I would throw war gaming is kind of a weird variant. It's probably more of a Meritrash type mm. of that's simulating some types of war. So you are fighting each other, but there can be resources as a part of that. Like in the, there's these counterinsurgency games, the coin games. Yeah. And and there can be other win, win conditions besides battling. So there's all sorts of interesting cross-pollination going between Ameritrash and Euro. There is, you know, and that occurs to me as we're, just, as we're talking, it, it just now hit me that, you know, resource management was even around in ancient games. Um, I think of like Mancala, for example, you know, Mancala, an ancient mm. game, I think with roots in Africa, um, you know, which I, as I understood, was kind of seen almost kind of as a simulation or inspired by the, the process of sowing seeds, right? You're going around and you're sowing seeds in these different these different wells in the board. I mean, that's very much kind of resource management as well. I, I think how it might still be considered player elimination versus Euro um, is that, you know, it, it, you still played until the other player was, 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 was eliminated, I believe. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so maybe, maybe, so maybe, you know, the, the novelty of Euro games when they came around was not playing, not, Triggering, triggering the end game by player elimination, but by triggering the end game simply by some, like you said, some timer, like like mm-hmm. the number of rounds is over or or whatever. Um, it feels Which weird. Which heightens the efficiency because risk, risk, like uh, risk would be more mere trash. It you do need to be efficient, but but mm-hmm. not necessarily. You could also just have a bold strategy or just have some winning hits and you still win even though you weren't that efficient. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And there is no timer except for when, when you win the game. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's some really interesting um, mixing up of the genres and people exploring different ways to to introduce resources or card management or timers within a Meritrash type gaming. I'd yeah. say too, Euro tends to be safer topics. So as you were, you were saying earlier, it might be about growing wheat or fish or growing. Um, there's an alternate win condition in the game you were describing with the, uh, with the Velcro. And that's that if you know the fishmonger, the fishmonger, the fishmonger. can, if you trade with him enough, he'll turn the fish scales into the uh, Velcro. That's right. I forgot about that. That's kind yeah, of the shoot the moon. People, it's on. It's on page nine. So people sometimes <sighs> forget it. It's kind of bare. Yeah, they should have done a player aid for that game. It, they should have. I won't name because everyone knows this game. It goes without saying. It goes without saying. <laughs> the Velcro this game doesn't exist. By the way, the Velcro food. The uh, Velcro wood, fishmonger, uh, sh- strawberry shortcake, <laughs> fish yeah. game. But but yeah, th- um, these are not controversial type. We're not necessarily doing conquest or battling or cowboys versus Indians type of thing. It's more about trading fish or preparing a feast for Odin and collecting um, little boxes or something. Right, right, and certainly, and still, to, even even exactly. I mean, it, probably one of the. Um, most beloved uh, Euro games of the modern era is is um, is Agricola, and that's all a Uwe Rosenberg game about farming, and that's all about like 
it's just about farming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's very much so. Um, and you can almost see the difference in what people are attracted to by the concept and the art. Because there are some people that will say, oh, wingspan. I mean, look at this art. Look at this bird on the cover. And they're immediately interested. Or you show them and it's got little horses or cows and, and they are excited by that. Right. right. And other people are going to be a little bored or turned off. But if you show them aliens holding a big Klingon type sword weapon, they're like, oh, I want to be that guy. So you can see the personality even from just the box design. Yeah, that's interesting. What what kind of player are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, It does. And that gets into questions of, yeah, how is this thematically skinned, you know, or even Mm -hmm. um, as we've discussed in previous episodes, you know, I guess it raises the question we've talked in previous episodes, you know, can you put any theme on any mechanism or um, are there certain game mechanisms that um, necessarily imply a certain kind of theme, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's, which is maybe another discussion for another time, but, right. but maybe Euro games are better suited for the theme of farming, you know, and maybe a Meritrash prayer elimination is better suited for the, um, the theme of, you know, aliens with ray guns, you know, or whatever, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. um, or maybe not, you know, and, I don't know. And dice tends to go with battles, not always, but that does throw right. in that luck idea of, of, you, know, you bring so many troops, but then there's this a little something about where the wind conditions favorable for your arrows or something like that. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, yeah. yeah. But there are, but that, that's not always true. There are some games where you battle and it's simply who has the higher, whatever, um, but, but yeah. usually you, you want to have something, you know, this is where luck can be beneficial to a game. There's some way that even if you don't have a good defense, you might still win. That creates a lot of excitement that you may go in with the best army or the weakest army and still get an upset. Yeah. And that well, adds a bit of the thrill. Right. As right. well as and helps I, one person. Yeah. Because you may be really weak, but if you have a good role, Wow. This is a theme I've heard you return to often over the course of these episodes, and I love it about about you. Is that, that I think one of the things, mm. and correct me if I'm wrong, that that you love most about Ameritrash kind of luck based dice games is this sense that you know, no matter how far you're behind or whatever, you might have this amazing dice roll that just changes the changes the whole yes. system. And and uh, and I, I've seen you come alive when you talk about the possibility. You know that yeah, that That's luck funny. can be bad, yeah, but no, luck can be I, good I think you're too. Right. Yeah. I yeah. love the dice. I yeah, love the risk. Yeah. I love, you know, the push your luck. I love the explosive moments because I think in part, that's what I remember. Those are the memories. I remember that time we were yeah. playing this game yeah. and yeah. I had to ro- roll a 20 and I rolled a 19, but then I had the card and it meant I got a 20. Like that's just so th- right. the thrills. It's a bit of a roller coaster type experience. Yeah. You get yeah, that in, yeah. in Stranger Things, the last season where they play D and D and she yes. rolls the twenty. And yes. so I do love that. Now I hate it too because you can go in with the best strategy and have a bad roll and lose. And that's frustrating. Yeah. Uh, so there are there are definitely dark sides to to or fr- moments of frustration where you just don't roll well whatever that means. But yeah, I, I do like the luck. I think it's good for noobs, you know, someone who's new to the game 
to know that, hey, if I have a good role, it might turn out okay. That's very empowering Yeah. versus yeah. a high stake strategy game where you realize, oh, I lost this game two rounds ago because <laughs> I didn't buy this boat. Right. And now, right. and Daniel bought the boat, but I didn't buy the boat. So now I don't even put the Velcro. Right. So what do right. you do? And right. so Euro games often have to have a catch up mechanism. Yes. There's some way that you can do something to catch up. Uh, otherwise, you're kind of just watching others crush you. Yeah. Versus a mare trash with the dice, there's always a catch up, which is the which is luck. Hopefully. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I I totally agree. It, it, though it occurs to me maybe there are some exceptions. Like I do think about you know. Monopoly is often seen as, and I think you're right, it's kind of an Ameritrash player elimination game. Mm-hmm. But there are certain games of Monopoly where you realize half an hour into it that there's no way you're going to win, and yet the game goes on for three more hours. You, know, yeah. you just have to like go off. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. But you're right. Certainly, I think that happens more often in Euro games where you, you realize kind of early on in the game, I'm not going to win this, but then you just kind of keep on going. So, well, that brings up some questions then. So, so the heart of this, the heart, the heart of this, the heart, Kevin, Daniel. which is better for the soul? You do not know the power of the dark side. <laughs> are, are, are Euro games better for the soul or are Ameritrash um, player elimination games better for the soul? What, what are your thoughts? Gosh, uh, I I gotta go with Ameritrash. Yeah, right? why is that? I gotta go with Ameritrash. Why are you a little bit rock and roll? I think I think it's more inviting to others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of that element of luck, and it and it creates a um, it it creates a communal experience because everyone's like, oh, is he going to? play the card or is this going to happen? It just creates more, um, there's more zest. There's more. So I, I think it, 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 that's a great, a great point. You think it, it, yeah, it adds more zest to it. Like the rock and roll. Now it, it it does. I got to admit it, it does create more getting crushed and more sense of failure or being left out. So, so that is, that's, that's the hard bit. But optimally, it cre- I think it creates a, a, an experience at the table that's just very memorable. It, and that's what it, we want often in games. I've it, never th- I'll put it this way. It's hard to remember a great game of Feast for Odin. Right, right. Like it's yeah. fun, but if you play it a lot, they, they kind of become very yep. similar. I think that is such a great point, Kevin, and I never really considered that before, but... It may be counterintuitively, counterintuitively, maybe Ameritrash player elimination games are better at fostering a sense of community. Counterintuitively. I will admit it's thought every time. Counterintuitively, it does create, if it's the right people. Now, if you've got some cruel experienced players that just crush you. Right. That that's the that's the op. There's a sense of shame, probably. Right. Right. And if they're if the players are you know, uh, um, ontologically uh, concerned, velcroologically. Uh, that's right. In in winning, you know, like we, we've we've discussed before, you know, that everyone has to be interested in winning for the for the game to work. So there is the level of f- a functional desire to win. 
Mm-hmm. But then, but I, I think sometimes player might, we might call it maybe an ontological desire to win. Like it really, it has to do with their core being, like their core sense right. of value and worth. Um, if a person is kind of ontologically um, concerned with winning, then Ameritrash games, yeah, could be devastating in terms of that sense of community. They feel very alienated. But but mm-hmm. if everyone's in it to win it just for the sake of the game to work, then it really can create a sense of community because you're right because then you remember these moments around the table a, a big critique of euro games is often that your your head is down you're just looking at your board the whole time you're really not having inter, any interaction with any other players at all and it doesn't create that mm-hmm. sense of community yeah so, yeah i think that's fair i think that's that's probably my favorite sort of spiritual moment or, or good for the soul with with uh, with ameritrash games is it creates an excitement even when you lose like if it was a dice roll you can like well the dice i mean it's it's kind of not your fault it, it's the, right. that's when you take that bad dice and you bad die you put it and you microwave them you punish them <laughs> take this <laughs> right you're like this was the this. dice's fault not me so it takes the pressure off and it does it hopefully interest the table if there's a big battle happening in twilight imperium and you really are curious and you're watching the dice rolls that that can be kind of fun even as a as a not being involved it can be it can get boring as well but you're like oh my gosh he just blew him out of the water and it's i guess it's like watching a sports event right right goal they finally score a goal right right exactly exactly yeah Yeah. so i'm one zero is that fair i think i think you're one zero in fact that point was was so good it might be like three zero um, Three zero. You're up, Daniel. All right, all right. Um, so I guess this is why I feel my soul benefits, especially from Euro games. I've got a few reasons, but I mean, I'll just start with one. One is I, I think it, um, it, it kind of, it focuses energy more on bettering and improving myself versus um, tearing others down. If that makes sense. <sighs> That's a good one. <laughs> so, no, that's, I mean, you know, like, like, you know, I'm not putting energy toward how can I, how can I right. destroy this person over there? But it's more like, how can I become a better um, right. wood to Velcro converter? You know, or how, how can I, how can I, it's more just about bettering myself than tearing yeah. others down. You know, you're right. And, and one thing we haven't mentioned is most Ameritrash games are, zero sum so for me to gain i must take from you and that's a terrible thing to teach i have to admit that for me to do well i must crush you versus euro is much more of how do i as you you, yeah it's it's more about your own baggage that's gonna hurt some points there for me no no i don't know about that i don't don't know because you know um i i mentioned the history of 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 Euro games, as I understand it at the beginning. And, and I, I mean, I do think it's an interesting, I, I, I do think you can see that intentional shift in the creation of the idea of the Euro game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I maybe, I think I mentioned before on this podcast, maybe not, um, you know, we have some dear uh, relatives in, in Germany who, who are, who are, who are native German out of the Mennonite tradition, you know, like, like I am myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and obviously, you know, they can speak to this much more than I can. And people who are um, German can speak to this much more than I can. But, but it just in talking my, my limited conversations with them and, you know, and 
largely my generation, so born after World War II, but they really speak to kind of a collective, a collective, just nas- national uh, repentance and and maybe you may say shame, you know, sense of shame of of what happened in, in, in World War II and, you know, and the rise of the Nazis and Holocaust and, mm-hmm. you know, just some of the worst things we have seen in human history and, and really some deep, deep soul searching. And, um, and, and at least, and I'm sure, you know, it's not, of course, across the board, neo-Nazis are still around in Germany and in the U S you know, and, and, in and around the world. Oh yeah. But, lots of Nazi sympathizers in the yes, past and in the present here. Right, right. But yeah. but at least for at least for a, no a, a portion of the German population which would include I think the, the my cousins that I've gotten to know just this really sense of soul searching and how can mm-hmm. we how can we how can we train our hearts and our minds for a better way that right. that it, that and and I and I and I see maybe the development of a different kind of game is maybe a little bit of a part of that and and, and it is how can maybe this question of for the games how can we make these game how can we make a game that helps us focus our energies on bettering ourselves and not tearing down other people yeah you know? no you're that's that's a that's a beautiful message and and spiritual message out of gaming and uh, that that's at post war time period I've watched a great documentary called Helvetica. I forget where it was, but it's about the oh. font Helvetica and I've how it heard was of this. part of that it. brutalist type architecture and thinking after World War II that they really wanted to reshape and build a better world after two horrific world wars that had just mm. messed with so much of Europe and England. So so the the creation of fonts, the creation of architecture, the creation of the UN, the creation of the National Healthcare System Service in England. All this is coming out of. I mean, England was very. Well, I shouldn't say very poor, but they were impoverished after the war, both from bombing but also fighting the war, and they still had the courage to found a national healthcare system. That's so interesting, right? I and, had no and idea because they wanted to. They wanted to turn their backs on what had led to the wars and build something better. And and wow. And of course, America, after fighting Germany and Japan, finds ways to help rebuild and make them allies and friends, which I think is an, is a great story of the 20th century that right, we don't right. tell a lot of of, right. of building, of bombing and then building. And and it's sad that the bombing happened, of course, and some of the bombing was um, horrific on on for lots of reasons. I'm thinking about the the atomic bombs, but yeah. You know, in the after the bombs, there was not hatred, but there was building, and I think that's mm-hmm. great, and that really exemplifies that Euro type of what can we build here and build together that we didn't even know we could build. Let's let's right. create a font and an architecture, and even though the brutalist type architecture is kind of ugly, it's kind of cool knowing that story that uh, you know from the fifties to the seventies, and then in the eighties we just gave up. So. That's so interesting. I, I need yeah. to see that documentary. Thank you for sharing yeah, that. I, that. I forget where. It might have been on Netflix, um, but I found it strangely. Uh, I couldn't stop watching it. I've, I've seen it advertised. I want to see that. Thank you. Yeah, it's worth watching. So that's, and it's one of so the great I, fonts in the history of the world. It's Helvetica. It, it, um, it's the font of every blessing. It's, it's good. <laughs> Never. Did you just make that up? I did. 
Oh my gosh. Oh, that is the words of Jesus. Come by. This is a classic Christian, Protestant Christian. That's, that's a deep fount of every blessing. Mm, Come by. That's a Christian Protestant deep cut. Sorry for any. Yeah, there's, a, there's an old Christian <laughs> Protestant hymn. Come thou fount of every blessing. And Sorry. That was so nerdy. Which has got to be the most nerdy. awkward hymn title ever. <laughs> Come who the fount fountains don't come. Uh, well, it's a metaphor. Come by fountain. Fount every, every blessing. blessing. It's see, a great that, yeah. see that fountain walking on legs over there. So <laughs> it's coming toward us. Um, so Kevin, Kevin. So yeah. I think we're maybe at. Th- you get three points. I get one point. Maybe. What do you, you have? Another. You no, have another... you get more than one. That 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 was pretty good. I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you two for that. Okay, okay. Okay. Thank you. So how about you? You have any other thoughts on Amara? thrash trash benefits for the soul i i really don't actually yeah. i kind of threw it all into that one that was just good. that was actually an ameritrash comment yeah in the sense that i threw it all into one big battle and i have nothing else <laughs> <laughs> i just shoved all everything you know just shoved all the money into the pot to see if it is I a very ameritrash move yeah yeah, yeah i like it move. i like it yeah no i That's just good. i think the the high stakes the victories the moments the 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 building of a, of a, yeah, I think building of a memory. Yeah. But I'm just rehashing. No, it's so great. That, it's that's great. it. How about you? Any it other? Very well said. I, I suspect you have another um, Velcro quiver in your bow. Well, the only, <laughs> other, the only other thought that occurred to me, but this might, this might just be a, a, a sub part of the first point is, um, they often talk in Eurogames about many paths to victory, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, whereas, I guess, I guess I'm doing this in contrast to player elimination or Meritrash. And I may be wrong on this, so call me on this if I'm wrong. But, you know, whereas in Meritrash, player elimination, there's basically one path to victory, which is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eliminate the other player. Mm-hmm. Um, Eurogames, they often talk about, well, you know, you can develop. Uh, 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 your wood industry, or you can develop your Velcro industry, or strawberry shortcake industry. You know, or you can, you can do all the many paths to victory. And, and I, I wonder if that kind of helps to encourage what maybe the mystics might call like non-dualistic thinking. You know, as opposed mm-hmm. to, to to dualistic, thinking. like like you know, like in, like so. It's not. It encourages us to think about the world not in terms of either or, right or wrong, winner or loser. It encourages us to think about right. Well, there are a lot of different ways to achieve. It's a sandbox life. element, right? And to right. feast for Odin, that that can be daunting for a new player to that game. Like I, I don't know what to do. It so can you, be daunting. analysis paralysis, You're but right. it's also a lot of fun to test different strategies. Like what if I do this, or what if I try for this in round three? So it creates a lot of of excitement and interest and. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a keep keep you get to re respawn and and retry, just restart the game. And and there is an excitement in Euro games when you when you think there's no way forward and you find one. So you're yes. like, oh, there's no way I can get ten points. Oh no, wait a minute. If I upgrade my hook for the fishing rod, yes, then and I, can- I build the boat, and then I have the Velcro already because it's an upgraded hook then i can catch more fish because exactly. i don't have to just impale them i can just velcro them i believe that's called the the upgraded hook uh velcro uh yeah long shot 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard because, to get, but boy, if you can get it. And yeah, so that's a real thrill of like, oh, I thought I'd lost, but all of a sudden I just netted 12 points. So yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you're and right. also it, along with Euro games, you don't always know who's won till the end. So there's often a reveal, which can be exciting. Yeah, that's right? true. There's the reveal. A lot of people don't like that, but I do like that. I, I, I Some of my favorite games are, um, I think I mentioned Bunny Kingdom before as an example of this. Mm. Um, but Concordia might be another example, but where basically you decide largely, not entirely, but you decide largely what points you're going to get at the end of the game based on what secret objectives you choose right. from the deck. And so you might have this whole pile of secret objectives and no one else, but you knows what they are at the end of, until the end of the game. And so at the end of the game, you reveal all these things. It's like, oh, whoa, this person wins and I didn't think they would win. And that's so, in a way that kind of simulates some of the joy of the Meritrash games. You know, it's like I think this, you're right. Yeah, yeah. It's I was like just thinking that it's win. not luck. I, I guess it's a bit of luck in that I don't know what you have and maybe I'm hoping you don't have a certain card. Right. So to the other players, it's luck. To the actual person holding it, it's not luck because you've been planning it. But the others, it, it, it's kind of a what's under the, what's in the box type moment. Right, right. So it gives a certain swinginess. And so, yeah, I agree. It is fun. And, and it, it, it creates a certain excitement at the end of the game. We yeah. played Glenmore 2, right? And I think that yeah. is what happened that I ended up, I think you probably let me win, but ended up winning, I think, at the very end with the surprise of the reveal. Yeah. 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 Now there are some Euro games where all knowledge is public and so there can't be any surprises. So okay. there are some that, that, um, right. Right. That, that, that every, and chess would be that way. There's no surprise. There's no hidden card or, or something. No, no, no. Everything is public. Everything is public knowledge and yeah, that for sure. Public. Yeah. That's so cool. cool. So that would be another point. Think? So, oh my gosh, is this a draw? Is it three three? Maybe we're tied. I think we're tied. I think we're, I think it's a draw. I think it's a draw. Good, good Methodist that we are. Now, if it's a draw, no, that's right. now if it's a draw, we have to go and do who had the most example of Ti games. Tiebreaker is that tiebreaker tiebreaker. I think you're right. Have a, I think we had the same number of games. Right, we each had five. I th I think. So we have to go to second tiebreaker. Tie second so tiebreaker. Second tiebreaker. <laughs> Think who had the most Velcro? Are you? I have no Velcro on me right now. Are you wearing I'm any Velcro? I'm currently Velcroed into my chair. <sighs> I think you win then. Good job. Good job. Well, but did I really? Because I can never leave. <laughs> <laughs> I have won, but at what cost? <laughs> at what cost? No, I, I, I think yeah. As, as, as you were wonderfully saying about the Osmonds, it, it, I think people naturally gravitate to a certain type of game and that's great. And it really depends on the person and people can change. So yeah. I think I, I still love Euros and I was more intrigued by them because I never seen anything like them, but I've kind of gone back to Meritrash. So another, and if you're playing these games for several years, you may flip around or have exceptions or, or whatnot. So yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But I think it is Totally fair to have a center of gravity. Yeah. And and I think that's very, very well said. Yeah. It depends on the person. Um, it may change over the course of your life, may change multiple times over the course of your life. And it, so it depends on life situation in life and context. And I mean, I, I you certainly have made uh, Ameritrash player elimination games 
much more appealing to me and just thinking about the sense of Aww. of the the joy and thrill it creates and and a shared communal experience around a table that's really hard to get with kind of just a pure euro game yeah hmm. <laughs> well and you've reminded me that that your games are really kind of magical and ambitious in the sense of what they're trying to say so i, th- mm. I think they have a very noble you know heart to them which is that we can make we can take little and make something amazing mm. right mm. Like you start with just two you know two loaves and two fish and you can feed a multitude oh. so i should make a game of that the feeding of the five thousand that's the a very year of five thousand it, it is a very can, how can you convert five loaves and five loaf cubes and two fish cubes into and as uh, we know in the gospel of matthew velcro velcro Velcro. Okay. That's the uh, that's the what's uh, what's happening now translation. It's uh, <laughs> if you take the original Greek, it can it can be translated as fish. It can also be translated as Velcro. As Velcro, yes. Yeah, because um, did you know, Kevin? That originally, uh, fish was kind of an ancient Velcro. The uh, the scales once you once you dry them and kind of fluff them up a little bit, it served as a kind of Velcro. And so, and they um, had to discover that because they used to slap people with fish, right? Right, right, right. It was yeah, only the, when the, the fish were dry, well it would stick in their beards. It would stick in their beards. beards that's, that's right. And then they, they would exclaim in in Latin if they were Roman or or you know or, or Greek if it was the common tongue. Um, forsooth, um, it Ave. doth it doth act like um, I don't know why Latin and Greek is suddenly. Uh, medieval English, but uh, it it doth act like um, Velcro. Uh, we shall call this Velcro. It is yes. ver- veritably. It is, um, is Latin. It for is fish. sticky. It is right. yeah, and crow for stick. <laughs> so Velcro is the fish stick. Fish stick. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we eat fish sticks today, kids. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Well, Daniel, um, we want to let our listeners know that they can have more board game faith joy by checking us out on Instagram, yep. board game faith, and we are on YouTube, and we are a it's that's an audio visual platform, or we're audio only as a podcast, board game faith, and we have a newsletter which is a um, linguistic l- written linguistic mode of interaction. Is that it, fair? It, it, right, that's right. Alphabet based. It's text based. It's text. I couldn't remember to call it. It's text based. That's it. Text yeah. based. We have our newsletter, and you can subscribe to that. Just go to boardgamefaith.com and subscribe to our newsletter. And we're about to wrap up the world's most awesome contest. That's right. That's right. Yeah. For in celebration of uh, 1000 followers on Instagram, we are having a contest um, where we are inviting uh, folks to show us their board game faith, to send in uh, uh, photos uh, of themselves with uh, some of their favorite board games at their place of worship, whatever that might look like for you. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Might be a traditional um, church or mosque or synagogue or temple. Um, it might be someplace in nature or someplace that's sacred to you. Um, and um, if you would, post that on Instagram with the hashtag BoardGameFaith. That's how we find you. And uh, there's going to be three um, prize uh, winners for that. And we're excited to announce those prize winners uh, shortly. 
Yes, that's right. So show us your board game faith. It's been awesome, Daniel. Thank you. Kevin, I love hanging out with you. You're an awesome guy. Aww. I would gladly play Ameritrash or Euro with you anytime. You're the best, Daniel. Bye. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening.